Welcome to TP Talks, PwC's Global Transfer Pricing Podcast Series. My name is Dana Hart, and we welcome you to our episode addressing the implications of current economic conditions on intercompany pricing. In today's episode, we will be discussing the potential to modify intercompany pricing arrangements made before the outbreak of COVID-19, as well as the resulting implications to keep in mind. These arrangements have come under significant stress stemming from the unexpected and broad-based impact of the pandemic, as well as government's attempts to save lives. And joining me here today to discuss this, I have Diego Miro, Carolyn Fanaroff, and Anthony Tufo, all with PwC US. Anthony, you are today's moderator, so I will hand it over to you. Thanks, Dana. As you mentioned, in a related party setting, as the pandemic progresses, questions have arisen related to when companies should address the impact of the pandemic on their business, especially for transfer pricing purposes. We've all heard a lot about the pandemic and transfer pricing. So today we wanna to focus on how companies can use publicly available information to support their business decisions. We're gonna discuss this in three categories or timeframes. The first is right now, addressing needed changes before the end of the year. The next category or timeframe is soon. This relates to preparation of transfer pricing documentation during 2021. And the third and final category is the future or ongoing timeframe. This involves tasks such as creating a dynamic record to support business decisions made during the pandemic, or more specifically, creating a contemporaneous defense file that can be used by the whole company to prepare for audits both in the US and abroad. With that, let's start with the immediate future. Diego, how can taxpayers use evidence from third parties to support their actions in the immediate future, specifically with respect to making year-end transfer pricing adjustments? Thanks, Anthony. If we start focusing on the right now, when applicable, it is important for taxpayers to address the transfer pricing considerations of the pandemic business environment prior to each company's year-end. For example, making arms-length related adjustments prior to a company's year-end is applicable to taxpayers that have significantly changed their transfer pricing during 2020 or those taxpayers that are, that are considering implementing a one-time change to their transfer pricing or taxpayers that want to renegotiate a permanent change to their transfer pricing policy. In addition, when making these adjustments prior to year-end, taxpayers should have sufficient support. This support can be in the form of specific observations of actions taken by independent third parties as a result of COVID-19. Yes, Diego. And uh... Just to give a little bit more detail about that, taxpayers need to have sufficient evidence to support their year-end transfer pricing adjustments. So what are some of the things that companies are doing right now in response to COVID-19 that they would need to support? So we've got, let's say, one-time adjustments to limited risk entities. So they, companies need to make an adjustment and it only happens once. And that could reflect who's getting a charge out, who's not going to get a charge out, and how much is it. Uh, we're also looking at the profitability of 
the entrepreneur versus low risk entities is kind of a different way of saying the same thing. Licensing structures. In the beginning of the pandemic, we saw relief from royalties uh, versus right now, and then maybe companies are going to have to get those royalties later. In other words, it was just a deferral rather than a relief. So what needs to be justified? So with that, we have sort of all these different actions that companies have taken, and then we're going to look at how do we justify them. And I think we can get into now some of the information that we have. We can use third-party available information to support the decisions that have been made. So companies can access this information from um, Google searches, from news websites, from quarterly reports. Of course, annual reports might not be ready, but from quarterly reports. So the point is that whatever that action is that you took as a company, there's publicly available information now that can be used to support that. So with that, I'll kick it back over to you, Anthony. Thank you both. With that, let's take a look a little farther into the future. What should taxpayers be considering during 2021? Once 2020 is closed and transfer pricing documentation must be prepared. Carolyn, can you describe how taxpayers can use evidence from third parties to support their transfer pricing documentation? Yep, thanks, Anthony. So, as I mentioned before, if we're thinking about the, the sort of publicly available information, you can use that now to support a particular decision that the company made. But then if we think about, well, how are companies going to do their transfer pricing documentation next year? We know that databases might not update all of their detail until later, and even then we might not have all the detail that we need. So some of the information that you might not have, but you would need, would include, let's say, impairment charges, inventory write-off information, uh, or write-down information, changes to COGS, restructuring charges. If there was a restructuring, was there employment employee termination costs like severance or other impairment charges? How were those accounted for? Uh, idle capacity costs. And then, of course, whether or not there was government assistance and what happened to that. So since we don't have all the information we need and the comparables that we may be using to benchmark certain transactions, we need to know all of those different things that I just listed. We, we would need to know those in order to know if there was an impact on comparability. So again, this is where the publicly available information can come into play because we might not know all the details, but we can have some direction and some sense of what competitors in the market are doing, what industry information is available. So let's just take, for example, banks. So banks offered renegotiation of their lending terms, both to businesses and to consumers, certainly at the beginning of the pandemic. As time has gone on, that has been evolving. And so there's information available at every step in the pandemic that can support decisions that companies are making. So let me pause there and see what your thoughts are, Diego. You're right. It is certainly a fluid business environment. The actions taken by these lenders in their third-party arrangements can provide guidance as to when related parties may show up the impact of the pandemic. For example, if we look at the widespread modifications of financing arrangements among third parties, this may give contemporaneous support for deferrals 
or for forgiving of certain intercompany financial commitments if they're challenged by the taxing authority. If we look at the industrial sector as another example, the US government did attend requests for royalty relief from oil and gas companies that lease federal lands for extraction. As the pandemic continues, non-tax actions taken by governments and companies are likely to continue to shape the business environment, both locally and around the world. Thank you, Carolyn and Diego. With that, let's turn to our third and final question. How can taxpayers prepare for possible disputes with tax authorities, specifically as a result of modifications to their intercompany arrangements due to COVID-19? Diego, let's start with you. Sure, thanks, Anthony. Certain tax authorities around the world are requiring real-time support for responses to the economic downturn, as for example, Australia and Canada. As a result, taxpayers should ensure that they have support now while also building a defense file for anticipated future controversy. That file should reflect the evolving nature of the pandemic. For example, let's look at franchises. In the beginning of the pandemic, in many cases, franchisors relieved their franchisees of certain royalty payments. More recently, however, some franchisees have been teaming together to try to push back on franchisors that would like them to bear certain COVID-related additional costs, and those would certainly have an impact on their margins. Thanks, Diego. Maybe I'll, I'll pick up where you left off. I think when we're thinking about the defense file, really thinking about potential controversy, again, what we want to do now is collect evidence now that's going to support decisions so that later, uh, when there's more audit activity, companies will be prepared. So we know this because we know that after the 2008 downturn, there was a significant audit activity, not just in the United States, but all over the world. And so this is a difficult situation. Companies are faced with challenges they've never seen before and really managing a lot of things on the fly. And that's why it's so important now to come up with information that's going to support the decisions that you made today and we'll be able to have that later. So I want to point out that the OECD is issuing guidance, they've announced this publicly, on common transfer pricing issues related to COVID and companies' reaction to that. We're looking forward to that guidance. We're not sure exactly when it's coming out, but hopefully that will give us more clarity on what's expected and that will set some standards around the world of the kind of information that's needed. But I guess the main point I want to make is that if we put ourselves in the shoes of the taxing authority a year from now or two years from now, the point is to be able to show that we made the best decisions that we could based on the information that we had available at that time. And I think that's what the 6662E regulations talk about. And I think that's a good North Star to be focused on as you make these decisions and as you prepare your documentation and your defense file for the future. So with that, I'll hand it back to you, Anthony. Thank you both. I agree that while COVID-19 demands a significant amount of attention each and every day, companies can't lose sight of the long-term implications of their business decisions made in response. Before we wrap up, we wanted to leave you with our key takeaways regarding the use of third-party evidence, both now and in the future. First, within our timeline category of now, be sure to consider year-end adjustments immediately 
leveraging external evidence and other publicly available data as support. Next, under the still important but later category for companies to consider, a variety of business decisions and the corresponding economic substance of these decisions can be supported through the use of publicly available data and external evidence. With those key takeaways, I'll hand it back over to you, Dana. Thank you, Anthony, Diego, and Carolyn for sharing these very important insights today. I also want to thank our listeners. If you have any questions, we encourage you to reach out to your regular PwC transfer pricing contact for immediate response. Thank you for listening and stay safe and healthy. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com slash structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.